Hi, my name is Julia Neres. I'm a forward for Boston University women's ice hockey team, and this is College Hockey Talk. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by a very special guest, junior from the Boston University women's hockey team, Julia Nearest, joins the show today. Welcome to the podcast, Julia. Thank you so much for coming on, and how's everything going? Everything's been pretty good. Um, we've, we just came back from Pittsburgh, and that was definitely a, a long weekend, um, long, uh, long trip, and obviously getting back at 3 a.m. Wasn't, wasn't great, but uh got some sleep in and today's a new day that's good that's good to hear and i was telling you this before we started recording but you're the most requested guest from just players i've had on to come on the podcast so i didn't know if you had anything to say about that i thought that was a pretty cool fact yeah i i didn't i i mean i've heard that i've been mentioned a couple times i didn't <laughs> think I'd, I'd be asked to come on to it so i'm i'm excited to you know answer some questions and hopefully give the people what they want to hear <laughs> Awesome. Well, one thing I want to ask you about first is you recently just played in the Battle of Pittsburgh, a non-conference um, holiday tournament. And unfortunately, it did not really go well for your team as you lost both games. So what did you kind of take away from that holiday tournament, just those non-conference games you played? And how are you going to use it um, heading, in, heading into a big weekend against Boston College? Yeah, no, it was definitely uh, pretty cool just to get away from, you know, our usual schedule. So. Um, playing uh, out of conference teams where it was definitely something we obviously want practice and for whatever happens in the future um, playoff for playoffs. But um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the best outcome obviously, but um, you know, the first game was definitely tight with Syracuse. Um, I thought we, you know, controlled a lot, especially in overtime. Um, I thought they had a pretty good goalie. Um, and obviously you don't like to see it end in a shootout, but they, that sometimes has to come to terms with that. Um, and Penn State, you know, I played them my freshman year and they, they were, uh, they're always strong, um, strong girls, but, um, you know, they were able to capitalize, I think, and we were still struggling a bit to score. Um, once we've, you know, I think we're a team that if we score first, we're, we're in control of the game. So that was definitely kind of one of the defaults of the, of the entire tournament, but, mm-hmm. you know, definitely a learning curve. Uh, Hopefully we'll build from that. Yeah, especially against Penn State because I feel like they have a kind of a brand new team since the last time uh, you played them, like a lot of freshmen and sophomores on that team. Yeah, and I, it's fine. So I went to – me and Coach Campersell, he's uh, on uh, the head coach for Penn State. He's actually from Beverly. So I've spoken to him a couple times, and it was, um, he's a great coach, and I think they, they uh, clearly showed it, you know, when, when we played them. Now, how nice has it been to play non-conference games this season because your team didn't get the chance to do that last year? And do you think there's any benefit of playing a non-conference um, in playing non-conference games? Like, what's the benefit, I guess, especially since it doesn't matter regarding the hockey standings? Right. Oh, no, of course. Um, it's definitely, you know, like I said a little earlier, like we, once, you know, playoffs come around and um, we just kind of get a sense and idea of like different styles of play. Um, 
I think each league is a bit different and hockey is as much challenging as it can be. There's definitely other leagues that have great teams and um, you definitely want that exposure with everybody so you can build up that towards the end of the season. Now, how would you evaluate your team's performance as of now? And what are some things you think you think your team needs to work on heading into the second half of the season? Um, Well, you know, we've had some, we've had some great games. Uh, We've also, had some games where we, I don't think we prepared pretty well for, you know, there's, um, I think sometimes we lack a little bit of consistency, but um, I know for a fact that, you know, we, our effort um, can uh, be a little bit better, but uh, I know once that, once we take care of that, I think we're a very good team and um, going forward, as long as we be consistent, we're all on the same page, um, we're, we're going to have some good, great success. And what are your goals and expectations, I guess, for the second half of the season? Is it hockey's championship or bust, or is there any kind of other goals you want your team to achieve and or that you want to achieve as well? Well, definitely um, uh, you want to take it uh, game by game. But for uh, I think for long term, I, I definitely, after losing in double overtime my freshman year to Northeastern in the bean pot, that's something I definitely want to come back and win that because, you know, uh, the year before, um, that the uh, BU won, and that was um, some of the seniors that were on that team. They talk about it a lot and how fun it was to bring that home. So I'm looking forward to that one for sure. I'll just talk about what it's like playing in hockey East um, because the competition every single night is pretty cool for me to watch just because there's so many strong teams in that conference, and um, it just seems like a fun competitive conference to be a part of. Yeah, no, it definitely is. As a kid who grew up in Massachusetts, I was definitely accustomed to all the all the hockey East games, especially BC and BU. Um, I I think that you know you can't really take a game off in hockey's. Um, I I still think there's like teams that um, maybe weren't as good in the past have definitely become a lot stronger. Um, so it's it's kind of what you want in a league. So. Uh, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Uh, always having to put your best for, uh, forward for each game. Yeah, and I kind of want to ask you about the bean pot since you mentioned it uh, before. But how co- how excited are you to get back and play in the bean pot this year, especially since you didn't get to do that last season? And what have you told, I guess, the younger players about the bean pot that have never played in it before? Because almost half your team hasn't had that experience yet. I know it's crazy that you say that. It's a it's a good number of girls who actually haven't experienced that, but. Um, it, it was definitely a fun time having it my first time at the, uh, at the bean pod to be in, um, to me and Walter Brown and to have a ton of people come was uh, pretty cool, uh, crazy experience. I was on a line with like Jesse Comfer and Sammy Davis. And so as a young kid, I was very, um, nervous, but it was quite the experience. Um, I'm excited for it. And, you know, the girls that, so haven't it's so crazy to think about because you know even though I've been with the sophomores now for like a year they still haven't really done a full season let alone have an experience of being pot so you know I've basically told we talk about it a lot you know just how it's a it's a great tournament um obviously you want to win it you get bragging rights um so yeah just it's a, it's a definitely a, a time where you can prepare for playoffs and as a practice. So, 
and win a trophy in the middle of the season, which for me personally, I'm from Massachusetts like you are. So like the bean pot means a lot to me because it's so much fun to watch. And it's when you look, when you think about February in Boston, it's like one of those days you look forward to. And it's kind of cool to have that experience. But I feel like a lot for a lot of your younger players on your team who aren't from Massachusetts, I feel like sometimes they might not understand how important the bean pot actually is. Yeah, I'd agree to that. Um, just because there's actually some people, like you said, that aren't from uh, Mass that are, you know, still think it's cool. But um, as a Mass girl, I've seen it from the boys' side, the girls' side, all around. Um, it's a tournament where I've been to the Guardian couple once for a bean pot, and that was really fun for the boys. Um, went to the girls, and you know, it's always a great atmosphere and um, great teams playing. So it's always a, always a great time. Now, I kind of want to transition back to talking about this year for a little bit. So you've been on a line with Catherine Fulham and Christina Vogt for most of the season, and you guys have had a lot of success in chemistry, I've noticed. So my question is, um, what has been the key to your guys' great chemistry, and what's the communication like between you guys throughout a game, just because it seems like every night your team's clicking, especially with those two players, just because with Christina, she's a freshman, so there might have been some uh, kind of transition period um, being on your line, but it seems like there wasn't really that transition period for her. Yeah, no, honestly, it was it was pretty easy. Like, the first – or pretty quick, uh, the chemistry um, earlier on. Like, we were the first line to, I think, click this year. Um, in the beginning, and so it kind of stuck a little bit. Um, I know the, they're a bit fast, so as a um, bigger girl like myself, it's it's good to, you know, try and always keep up with them, and um, it's a good balanced line, I think. You have hands, you got speed. Um, I know uh, food does food a good job with face-offs, and, you know, we have to continue that with that, but um, I didn't play with them over the P- Pittsburgh, um, but I, I'm not sure if I'll return or anything like that with them. But so far, the first half of the year, we did get create a lot of goals and chances. Um, so who knows what the future will entail. But um, same thing with Bo. Uh, she's a sharp shooter. She has a great shot, I think. Um, good hands. And, you know, I think she, she passes well and is able to find me. Um, it's what I look for in like a great line mates is as long as we can make great plays and capitalize. That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And what have you noticed with that line versus other lines you've been a part of in your time with BU so far? Um, I think just more, a little bit more uh, scoring chances, I'd say, um, you know, it's, uh, it's very hard to find chemistry, I think throughout a line, let alone throughout a whole year, try to find people to play with. So, um, definitely scoring chances for sure. Now, one thing that did happen this year as well as you beat a ranked Northeastern team um, to start off the season, uh, talk about how important that win was, especially since it was your first game back at Walter Brown with fans um, with the BU band there. That must have been kind of cool to get have those fans experience that for the first time back at the rink. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a big win for us. Um, Obviously, we're a team where we didn't have um, any returners. So, whereas Northeastern, I, I think, only lost one girl. So, they, uh, we knew they were going to be pretty stacked. And um, just go, going to that game, you know, it's just that mentality of just going all out and um, coming together as a team. And I thought that was one of our best team games. Um, and we ended up with a win. And that's just a learning curve that, um, obviously, if we, we come together, good things will happen. and um, that definitely um, set the tone for the rest of the season of just 
coming together and uh, hopefully we can do that again in the future. Now, being a junior on the team, what type of leadership have you tried to bring? Um, are you more of a vocal leader or are you more of a lead by example type of player? Um, I'd like to think as a little bit of both. You know, I, I try my best on the bench to, you know, uh, give give the best feedback, try and get the girls going a little bit if, if we're at a lull or something like that. Um, and obviously I like to make plays and um, display like what any kind of scoring opportunities and hopefully that that way uh, people can pick up from there. But I would say just a little bit of both. Um, I, I definitely think of myself as vocal though too, more, more so, I guess. Now I kind of want to segue and talk about your off season for a little bit and how you prepared for this upcoming year. So um, how was your off season? Did you do anything interesting, whether it was hockey related or non-hockey related? Um, you know, obviously I always, um, I train at, uh, Institute of Performance and Fitness, IPF in North Reading with Walter Norton Jr. And um, I do that every summer. So that's always a bit, um, we do that early, early in the morning. Um, so it's more of like a routine uh, in the summer. And then I skate a couple times. But other than that, you know, I'm on weekends, I have a house in Gloucester. And me and my cousins will probably do some kind of form of activity, whether that's like spike ball on the beach. Um, I love that. Or, or even in the spring, we'll bring spike ball to BU or with the girls, and that, that's some kind of active stuff we like to do. Or just go on walks, something to do. It's kind of it kind of gets boring when when there's no worth it, there's nothing to do after school, you know. Oh yeah, especially because I feel like hockey is kind of a good way to kind of distract yourself from school. And when the hockey season isn't going on, it's really tough to do that sometimes. But I try my best to just uh, I guess like watch other sports in the spring and play other sports but I've never played spike ball before so maybe that's something I should try out yeah no it's it gets pretty competitive for sure especially with the girls are you the best spike ball player on BU uh I'd, I'd say I'm up there I don't know if I'm I'd try I'm trying to think who's the best I'm definitely up there though for sure all right all right <laughs> I, I need to see some of those videos of you just beating your teammates on that in that game fair enough now, did you face any challenges this offseason? Because in Mass, at least from my perspective, it was pretty restrictive when the summer began. But as the summer went along, things started to open back up um, and be less restrictive. Um, so did that change your approach at all when those things started opening back up for the summer? And um, did you face any similar challenges you faced uh, the previous offseason um, with gyms being closed and um, with ice time being hard to find as well? Yeah, so lucky for me, like I still was able to go to the gym um, still have that opportunity. I know um, not this past summer, but last summer, um, my sister and um, Kaylee Donnelly and I, we would skate in Wellesley. And there's that uh, period where we had to, you know, get dressed in our cars. And that was just terrible. I hated that. Um, and, but now uh, this past summer, I was able to skate. There was no, um, I think, a little I mean we didn't have to really wear masks or anything so it was nice because that was uh, that's uh, I'm sorry that was terrible for me um wearing masks when working out it's just hard um as one can imagine but um not uh yeah it was I think it for me it was kind of back to normal a little bit my summer training it was pretty simple I didn't really travel that much so I'm um, just kind of did my own routine nice and how did you, I guess, well, another adjustment, I guess, for the summer was learning how to balance both school and hockey because you were finally going to have classes in person 
Um, was that has that been an adjustment this year at all? Um, balancing both, and how? What's your secret to balancing both? I guess. Yeah, no, it definitely was a bit of a difference, you know, from going online and um, then going into person because you know you really. It's not like you really got to pay attention. Obviously, you got to pay attention, but um, it was it was good to just you know finally like get back into that groove um, from what I was doing freshman year, and uh, I just kind of did uh, the same of just you know planning planning my day out. Usually, um, usually uh, I usually have some blocks free, so that's when I maybe do homework or uh, get in some food or whatever, and. I'm just kind of the whole thing with the being this college athlete is just like basically wake up school, um, train, eat, you know, <laughs> repeat. So uh, nothing, nothing's really changed that much besides, you know, in person, person uh, classes. And well, it must, well, it must be nice for this year because at least, I don't know, are you almost done with all your gen, general education requirements? Because you now like feel like as an upperclassman, you can focus more on your major, which is, I think you take more classes you're interested in because of that. Yeah, I know, for sure. Like my freshman and sophomore year, there were some classes where kind of I, I wasn't excited to take, I should say, mm-hmm. just because uh, I just, they were just requirements for the first couple of years. And now as a new journalism broadcasting major um i'm more uh, leaning towards you know taking classes i want to take and that's i'm excited for that going into this next semester so hopefully that will be a lighter load especially when it comes down to play hockey as well yeah what classes do you take in in that for that major that sounds pretty cool a lot of it's mostly uh journalism based core just uh the requirements to be in that type of a college um for uh, communication so um and they all look pretty interesting it's a lot of uh, news writing and stuff like that and hopefully stuff to prepare me for you know questions or something like that for broadcasting and when i hopefully get an internship like uh this summer or something like that so we'll see i'll let you know if all, all goes well yeah yeah is that what you want to do after college like news journalism or in that field i guess yeah. Well, when I, when I was asked, what, like, what do I want to do? Um, I figured, well, I can talk hockey a lot. So if I were, you know, to be the next Catherine Tapp, and I don't, I don't know if you remember who that is. But, oh, I know who she is. Oh, She's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I, I grew up watching her for, because um, she was at, on Nesson for a while for the Bruins. So I was like, she really, she's spot on with her words and she's talking hockey. And I was like, all right, then I guess maybe I could do something like that. And um so far i have a plan for it so hopefully it all goes well yeah yeah well that's one of my goals is to work in the nhl and be like a broadcaster so hopefully one day um i can see you there and we can talk about this podcast of how we met before um we got to the industry pretty cool yeah now kind of transitioning back to your career for a little bit hockey wise so i want to talk about the beginning of your hockey career just because something that i'm very interested in is i love talking to people who are from massachusetts just because i'm from massachusetts as well and you're from beverly so to talk about growing up there um and how did you start playing hockey and what's the hockey scene like in beverly just because um, being from central mass i feel like the hockey scene's a little bit different here versus uh towns that are closer to boston well honestly i mean we've um so my my dad kind of had me and my siblings all tried out for you know youth beverly uh hockey and that was that was a good time um, i was always playing boys hockey for a bit um 
and then eventually um I was like in eighth grade. The highest I went to for Beverly hockey was I was an eighth grader and I got called up to be um, in the Beverly high school girls uh, hockey program for a year before I left for prep school. And that was, that was fun. We made it to quarters, I believe quarters or semis. Um, and uh, I think we lost to Austin prep and that was, um, that was, annoying but you know it was definitely a, a learning experience it was pretty cool to play in front of your town and um yeah it was a good experience and then obviously uh life took off when I went to prep school and it was a different atmosphere there hockey wise yeah and who was your favorite player growing up was it someone on the Bruins was it a female player on the national team like who did you kind of look up to the most um as a kid yeah um honestly I um I don't know, maybe you remember him, but I, this is why I actually wear number 16, uh, Marco Sturm. He was mm -hmm. on the Bruins for a bit, and I always loved his speed. I loved, he was his grip um, while playing. And then, you know, once he retired, I, I looked towards Bergeron. And to this day, he's still my favorite player. He's, you know, shows a lot of heart in his game and very slick, but also plays well defensively, something I should probably do better at. But... Um, it's definitely somebody I like to look up to, to learn from. Oh, yeah. No, I totally remember Marco Sturm. I know the Bruins got him from the Joe Thornton trade um, a long time ago. But to be honest, I, I only remember Marco Sturm really from when he scored that OT winner at Fenway Park. That's like one of the coolest, probably the best winner classic ever, in my opinion. But when he just slammed into the glass, that's like an iconic moment. I love I like and well, they just actually showed a recap of that. I think I was watching it the other day um of like when the Bruins won and that was that was pretty cool my I didn't get to go but my dad and my brother went and they said it was pretty cool to see it live yeah no I feel like the Winter Classic though is better like on TV because I don't know if you saw any of this year's Winter Classic but it looked absolutely freezing cold and I'm like I would totally be miserable if I was there so I'm glad I got to stay home in the heat I watched a little bit of it um we were we were actually at the hotel in um in the lobby and I was talking to some of the parents' fathers or some of the my teammates' dads and we were watching a little bit and they're from Minnesota so they were like yeah like it's freaking cold there like I couldn't imagine that, but they were like that's how you you want it the old the old way for the uh, winter classic oh yeah no but that Fenway Park one's the best but honestly the, they had one uh, it's I guess it's not considered a winter classic but I thought when the Bruins played at Lake Tahoe last year that was super cool. Just yeah. uh, just because the whole, like, I guess, scenery of it, I thought that was, like, really, really cool. Um, yeah, so I, I would see I would see pictures from that, and that was um, – you, you, like, look – I could imagine being there just because, like, imagine if you were playing, then you just look up and then, oh, wait, that, there's that beautiful scenery. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the cool – like, obviously, it sucks not, ha not having fans um, at hockey games, but I guess if there was, like, one silver lining to take from it, that Lake Tahoe series would probably be it just because I think it was cool without the fans, just because you got to kind of sell a scenery of the whole, I guess, place where it was being played. But it was just kind of cool to kind of see it like, like kind of just like an original pond hockey. Like that's how hockey was created was because of pond hockey, I assume. So it was kind of cool to see like hockey go back to its roots in that game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It was definitely cool. And it's plus that it was the Bruins that got to play there. So. Oh, yeah. So have you ever met Marco Stern before? Because I, I, I don't know if you have, because there's, I feel like a lot of those like Bruins players who are in the third and fourth lines back in the day, I feel like a lot of people have had the chance to meet them. Yeah. So, well, it's kind of crazy. Um, my, 
I did meet him once. I think it was at like some kind of Dick Sporting Goods like signing event or something like that. Or it was also like some kind of Bruins. I think I met him twice. It was some Bruins festival um, where they had at the TD Garden. But um, I met like I I think I also met him. Like I I was able to uh, participate in the Mini One Hundred One. Do you remember that? When oh I, yeah. Uh, I, I I won that twice actually, and that was I got to meet some players and stuff like that. And I one of them was Marco Storm one time, and so oh, that was super cool. That was awesome to see. I've, him. Al- I've always wanted to do those mini one on ones. How do you get the opportunity to do that? Because I I don't know if you know, I don't know if you remember Oliver Wallstrom. This was before he went to the NHL. That was my year. Oh, do you you saw that happen? That was yeah. like one of the coolest goals ever. I know. I was like, there's no way I, I can try that, but I was. <laughs> I was not up to my speed yet, but um, yeah, I remember seeing that on the TV because I the girls were in the like waiting room, so um, and that was that was crazy. Everybody was like, "Did you see that?" And I was like, <laughs> "I'm not trying that." But my little brother Preston, he was I don't know how old he was, but he was like, "You should try that." And I said, "I don't think that's gonna work, buddy." Like, <laughs> yeah. No, that's really cool because I feel like a lot of those like Bruins players that like they they, they had such an integral part of winning that Stanley Cup, like Michael Ryder, Daniel Pae, like those guys, Greg Campbell, like they were. I just love the grit that they had, and it was cool because if th- those players were a big reason why the Bruins won the Cup, obviously Marshawn Bergeron, all those guys. But um, if they didn't have those depth pieces in the bottom six of the lineup, then they would have never won the Cup, and it was just cool because. I feel like a lot of the teams would want to push the Bruins around, especially Vancouver in the beginning of the Stanley Cup, but then those guys would make sure that didn't happen. And now that's what – I think that's what made that team so much fun to watch just because Vancouver, those players on that team would really bother me, especially back in the day. But it was cool Gross, to see like yeah. Sean – especially seeing Sean Thorne and Lucci just, like, stick up for those teammates. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. You would – wow, you would really get along with my older brother, Will. He, like – I think he, like, to this day, Will – I mean, obviously that was a great uh, time to watch, but Will to this day just loves to um, talk about like, or just watch videos on the 2011 team. And that was, and it was a great time. Like he loves uh, when Jack Edwards screamed, like the Bruins knock out Montreal or something. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Best call ever when Dave Gosher on the radio said, get the duck boats ready. The Bruins win the Stanley cup. And I was yeah. watching the Vegas game recently and he's now the play by play for Vegas on TV. And I was like, I miss him so much. It's, it's yeah. so weird seeing him not with the Bruins anymore, but no, I, I still watch the Bruins today. I'll talk about the 2020 team for all day. If, I, I don't care which team it is. I'll talk about it, but obviously yeah. the 2011 one has the most memories just because of winning the Stanley cup. Yeah, of course. No, that, a lot of saying stick from that year. So, um, so fun, so fun to watch. Now getting back to your career for a little bit, um, but uh, before college hockey, you played for the Kent school. You also played for the Boston junior Eagles. Um, how did you get the opportunity to be a part of those teams? Because talking to your sister on the podcast a few months ago, she said that she played for different uh, teams than you did. Yeah. Um, I, well, I first, when I left Beverly, I had the first, I went to a prep school, uh, Brooks school in North Andover. Um, and that was, that was a good experience. Um, I feel, I feel like I, um, needed to be at a higher level and Kent, um, I transferred my sophomore year to be a new junior, um, at Kent. And that was a, that was quite the experience. I was uh, fortunate my senior year at Kent to win the knapsack tournament. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Most memorable moment I'd say from that time, but, and 
I played at Astabit though for 10 years for club hockey and um, won a couple national championships there. And so that was definitely fun. But um, I, like I said, my senior year when I was at Kent and um, for a club team, I played for the Eagles and that was kind of just like my, I would say my record year, just cause it was so, we won the national championship and I won the NAPSAC for prep school. So that was probably the most memorable and um, definitely made a lot of, uh, friendships from both teams like what's the process for getting on the junior eagles just trying out and same with your prep school team like applying and trying out or is it just is like you get recruited um so for prep school i was recruited um you know the great thing about these club uh programs um you find them somehow i i just i went to a camp um in Concord, mass which happened to be the Asabit rank and we found out about that program then we just joined and 10 years later there you go and it's kind of the same thing with uh junior eagles we uh, my dad knew the coach uh just from you know playing against each other and he called me up and I decided to go my last year but um yeah it was good um basically we um wanted to just go for it one more time for Obviously, just because Astabit wasn't where it was at, I'd say, for um, my last year. That's why I think the Eagles were the best option. Yeah. And how did those teams um, help prepare you for college hockey with BU when you think about them today? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, you know, um, I got it from both sides. Some people might say that, you know, prep school got them to, you know, their D1 college or club hockey got them I'd say both um I was able to you know Kent had um I had a great uh two coaches the Russos at um at Kent and then Mike Maloney did it was a awesome uh in my college um process and everything and you know um we would go to tournaments like Naha which was a great exposure and I think that was kind of what sealed the deal with BU looking at me I had a pretty good tournament up there and um kind of that was kind of it yeah and talk a little bit more about your recruiting process with Boston University like how did they find you and um what made you want to go to that school versus other schools you might have looked at yeah no uh well originally you know I was kind of um looking at Ivy's and um just because you know my sister went to Brown and um obviously an Ivy education is an Ivy education and um but, you know, I don't think that was the best fit. You know, uh, sometimes the testing can be a bit hard. Um, so, you know, we had to look otherwise, other elsewhere. And, um, you know, we, we got down. I eventually came down to BC versus BU, as funny as that sounds. Um, um, BU gave me a greater deal, and I also got to spend more time and have a, uh, at my BU visit. Like, BU was, like, actually my only overnight um visit and you know I got to see a little bit more of everything and you know I knew a lot of people at BC and I think I wanted to start my new a new adventure um at BU and it so far it's been it's been awesome and you also get to play under coach Brian DeRocher who I think is one of my favorite coaches to watch coach just because he's so knowledgeable in the game Uh, what's it like playing under him and does he still, I heard that he calls every player that he's ever coached on their birthday. He always remembers. Is that a true story as well? 
Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, he's obviously for the girls like myself and who have summer birthdays, he would never really get that, like, you know, just because, but um, he's good. He's um, unfortunately, like, he's been out for a little bit just because, you know, he he had uh, a foot problem or something, but he was able to um, get back on the bench in Pittsburgh. And um, yeah, he's, he's always uh, knows what he's talking about. He's been, um, you know, he's, we, we definitely want to win for him. So um, considering, you know, like who knows uh, how long like he'll be, he'll be coming or he'll be coaching for in the near future. So I know that's definitely a priority for us to do it for him. Now, something that was introduced to college hockey last year was three and three overtime. I just kind of want to ask you about it since you're an offensive player. What's it like in those overtime situations to have more space in the ice and have more offensive opportunities to score goals? Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's kind of nice because um, sometimes you'll have those, like in previous years, you'll have those five on five overtimes so, where like nobody's going to score. Like it's just that, it's that kind of game. And um, now that they came out with the 3v3 and uh, having, you know, been a part of and playing that, especially this past weekend, um, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, but it, it is at the end of the game. So you, you might be a little bit running on fumes, especially when you're just 3v3 and you're, going up and down the ice and it's you gotta time it right you gotta um move the puck when it's time to move the puck and hopefully um there's a lot more scoring chances so obviously i'm a big fan of that um obviously when it's when we're doing scoring chances but um it's it's a little bit nerve-wracking but it's definitely uh it's definitely fun to play in now i want to kind of Last question about just BU before we talk about some of the, uh, your teammates you get to play with is uh, what have you guys taken away from your BU hockey experience so far? Just because last year didn't feel like kind of a real season just because there is, your schedule is very inconsistent, I guess. And then this year it seems like things are falling back to normal. So I guess what have you taken away from your BU hockey experience just because it seems like it's been kind of a roller coaster because of the pandemic? Yeah, that's a good question. Um what have I taken away? It's been quite a, a different experience than most, for sure. Um, I've definitely, you know, taken away of, uh, you know, definitely I've, I've created a lot of friendships um, that are going to last a lifetime. Um, you know, at the end of the day, hockey's just a game. And so I was, it's pretty funny to, that, you know, Coach D just picked up some random girls and then we ended up all being great friends. So, um, I think I think friendships are the friendships I've made are gonna last a long time. And obviously for this season with the hockey's playoffs kind of looming, um, this year they finally made it official that every team will make the playoffs and it'll be one game playoffs. What's your thoughts on that? And I guess how are you gonna use that game against Providence? Just because it was kind of a similar fashion of how the playoffs will look for this year, uh, for this year's playoffs. And what do you think your team has to do to win a hockey's playoff game and um, go deep in the tournament for that for that tournament? Right. Yeah, no. Well, like I said um, earlier, you know, the fact that it's one and done kind of opportunity we have, it's, we have to be consistent in our effort and hopefully that will contribute to our success. Um, there's a, I'd, I'd say there's no, anything can happen in the playoffs. Um, I've seen it all at all levels. So um, definitely can't take anything for granted for whoever we play. So I want to ask you about some of the teammates you've gotten to play with over your career. The first one is Jessie Koffer, and the reason why I mention her is just because she was announced that she made the U.S. Olympic roster. 
Um, what was it like to play with her in college for the time you guys spent together? And what's she like as a teammate, both on and off the ice? And I guess what was your reaction as well when you found out she was going to China for the Olympics? Yeah, no, it's, I'm I'm very happy that, you know, she's worked so hard to earn that spot for sure. And, um, you know, playing with her, it was definitely an experience because, you know, she, as somebody who's as fast as her, um, you know, it's definitely, like I said earlier with my, with Bo and um, Fulham, that it's a, uh, it's definitely something that I like to work on my speed. So having somebody there like her to, you know, keep me going and always um, having me on my toes or stuff like that um, was good to play, to play with. But um, off the ice, I, I, she's kind of sometimes sarcastic and, and funny, but um, I'm kind of the same way. So uh you know I think we've always gone along off the ice um so far and it's just I I wish her the best in in China so we'll be watching her oh yeah no and rooting for her too because obviously we want team USA to win so I do (laughs) Mm -hmm. now next team I want to ask you about is Sammy Davis um what was she like as a teammate both on and off the ice because I feel like she doesn't get enough recognition for how much she meant for that BU team I think at times um, because I think she did a lot for BU and helped the program to where it is today yeah no she had um Sammy like she it's funny because after um I after she graduated um you know we still would work out together sometimes and she still was uh kind of played that leadership role of you know um encouraging me and you know she was always off the ice always able to I was able to go to her you know from for some maybe some advice and um just ask her questions um about you know whether it be like on the ice or even off the ice or academically wise so um yeah no Sammy I I'm sure I'll see her again soon in the gym um and you know we'll we'll always uh we're at that we have that friendship where we can just uh catch up and it'll be fine and um I look forward to it now the last person I want to ask you about is your older sister Abby when I asked her about you on the podcast when we had her on she had a lot of nice things to say about you and I kind of want to ask you the same (laughs) I just kind of want to ask you the same thing what was what's it like growing up with a sibling who also plays hockey and from the younger sibling perspective, um, what have you guess learned from her from your time playing together or just working out together in the summer? And um, I'm assuming you miss watching her play too, since she's in playing college hockey right now. Right. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was nice to have somebody uh, go first before me just to experience um, girls prep school hockey, division one hockey. And, you know, I was able to go to her games and see what, what it was like and, um, obviously, when it wasn't in season, we were together 24-7 um, going to, you know, uh, summer skates or Walters or like at 4 a.m. So it was um, a lot of bonding experience. Um, she definitely uh, is a workhorse. I'd say she has a better work ethic than I do. And um, it was great to follow in her. Uh, great to follow her. So um, it was great. You know, we like I said, it wasn't just her though. Me and it was me, I two brothers, you know, that we'd all come together and play hockey. So um, it was nice to have that family aspect. She told me that you guys are very competitive. Is that true? And um, what kind of competitiveness do you guys do like during a season when she played, but, or else now, like what, what do you guys do to guys kind of stay that, have that competitive edge? 
Um, well, now that she's like out of sea or she's just she's done with hockey, it's kind of hard because you know she's not really going um, to like the hard training I'm doing right now. And um, but back when she was playing, you know, we'd always, um, especially running, you know, running was not our favorite, but I know we would try and uh, can be big time for for times and stuff like that, or just in general, um, you know, as somebody who I'd say has. Um, I usually use my hands more, whereas she's more of a powerful D defenseman. Um, um, we both played like different positions, so it was very, it was hard to really compete or compare. But I guess if we were to compete, it would be maybe some one-on-ones in the backyard rink when it was up. So that was always fun. But it was a shame that she uh, it wasn't able to get her last year in. Um, so I do may, maybe wish that if she did get a chance uh, to play on the Pride, she would have done it. But uh, with, you know, her work that she's doing now, it could have been, um, it was just, you know, time to hang him up at that point. But I know um, when she comes to the games, I, I, I think she misses it. So mm-hmm. hopefully I can give her that same satisfaction if I score a goal or two for her. Oh, yeah. No, she was telling me about, like, what she's up to now. And it seems like it seems very tough for me to kind of comprehend. That's a lot of hard work. And you have to be really smart to be the type of lawyer she's doing now. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little, she's a little different than me. I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm that much in the books like she is, but um, she's doing, she's really getting her life together. And um, she's actually just moving into um, an apartment uh, close to Com App. So it's like we're neighbors again. So it'll be, it'll be fun. I'll probably see her and she'll probably come to some of our games and it'll be like nothing happened. So it'll be fun. Awesome. Well, I think that's kind of a good way to kind of segue to the non-hockey segment of the podcast where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. My first question is, what is the most interesting thing you have seen or read this week? So, not going to lie, I'm not the biggest book girl, um, but I would say the most interesting, um, since obviously there's no school, and I'd say maybe we a bunch me and my roommate Haley and Jesse DeVito um we decided to watch the whole entire Harry Potter series so that was very entertaining and we we got through it in like a couple days which is insane because they're all two-hour movies so yeah I've never read or read or read a movie in my life so I can't comment really Mm -hmm. well nor has um nor did Jesse or uh, Haley so I was like we got to do it and they can't shut up about it so <laughs> i saw a funny tweet where it's like isn't it funny how voldemort is literally beefing with a 12 year old and it's, <laughs> it's kind of true so um no it that's, is. Definitely, that's definitely my sister's really into it i guess i don't know i'm I, I don't really watch too many movies so i can't i guess it's gonna be kind of harder for me to get into it yeah i know it it I mean, it took me a little bit, but at the, when I, I just kind of, I had nothing to do, so mm-hmm. worked out. And I, and I ended up really liking it, so. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think for me, the most interesting thing that I saw was actually, was Antonio Brown just leaving in the middle of the game, like kind of retiring. I thought that was pretty oh, interesting. Yeah. But I, I thought, do. yeah. But I kind of feel bad for him, honestly, because I feel like he's probably dealing with something that people don't know about. And so I hope he finds the help that he needs. But I thought that was pretty interesting to see, to say the least. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I totally uh, – yeah, that was – I just, like, saw that tweet, like, yesterday or whatever, was it? Yeah, and I uh, – great. I 
you you think positively. I I couldn't believe that though. What he yeah. did. Yeah, no, just like he threw the shirt off, like because I was I was not watching the Patriots game yesterday because it was a complete blowout. I was like, yeah. there's no reason they're gonna win this game. Like, I don't need to see them beat up the Jaguars. It means nothing yeah. to me. But I saw that the Bucks and Jets were playing like on the other channel, so I was like, I'll watch a little bit of this, see what Tom does. And then, like, I was just went to get some food, and then when I got back to the TV, they're like, Antonio Brown leaves in the middle of the game, and you, like, see what happens. Like, what is going on? Like, this makes no sense. I don't know. That's I, – I don't see – yeah, it's no comment, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Something that you just – I don't think you'll ever see, um, ever. Just someone just literally leave in the middle of the game. But I like a movie, not going to lie, if I saw oh, yeah. that. Yeah. But Tom managed to win the game like he always does. That was, that was a pretty entertaining game to watch. Always. Now, next non-hockey question is, what music do you like to listen to? I'm a big country country girl. Um, I love, you know, I, it's mostly country. But, you know, when it, I'm, I play the music in the locker room. So, obviously, country doesn't pump up a lot. Of, it doesn't pump me up. But um, when it obviously doesn't pump a lot of people up. So I definitely uh, switch to like pop and stuff like that. Just what comes on, what's popular. Um, yeah. But if I'm alone, I definitely, I love country. I love Morgan Wallen a lot. And uh, that's kind of my go-to. Yeah, no, country's a good summertime music because well, I guess going to baseball games, like a lot of the, a lot of the players play country because that kind of like gets them in their baseball feel, I guess. But when you go to hockey, it's like different type of music. So I think it depends yeah. on the sport too. But yeah, possibly. I know for a fact that I cannot listen. I, I have to listen to some kind of drink or something when I mm -hmm. walk in the rink. Now, since you do make the warm-up mix, um, I guess what goes into it, I'm curious, like, how do you make it? And can we, is there any chance to listen to the BU Women's Hockey warm-up mix? Because I try to find pretty much every D1 college team's warm-up mix on SoundCloud. So if there's any way to access that, feel free to let me know. Yeah, I will. I I don't know. I just kind of made it on guitar, band, guitar, whatever it's called um yeah and i just um i def i sent out um a text like in the towards the end of the summer and i'm like hey if anybody wants or needs a song in the warm-up let me know um and i just kind of work with it i i listen to all songs and i kind of just um i pick what parts of the song will work and what what will help with uh transitioning what sounds good and um you know, it's about like a 15 minute warm up, really. Um, so I, I got to time it right and hopefully satisfy everybody. I think a lot of people liked it, the, the one I made this year. So That's good. Um, if, I, if I figure out, like, I don't know what it is. I, it's hard to figure out SoundCloud, but um, for me, I can figure that out. But I'll let you know if I put it up there. People say I should, but or just um, send it to me. I can just listen to it on my own. No one else needs yeah, to. Listen if you to want, it. yeah, sure, I'll do that too. I can do that. So, but no, that's that's. I love the warm up mixes. Um, how what did you pick for the intro song? Because I think that's the most important part of every warm up. Because you need a good song to en enter the ice on. Yeah, it's um some. It's the very beginning of like Dior by Pop Smoke. It's just like the beginning, but then but it goes then it goes right into um shipping up to the beginning of shipping up to boston oh wow. and that's like yeah it's it's it may not sound like it could work but it, it works when if you listen to it so i i think you'll like it. it's definitely the girls love that it's always been a um it was in i actually took that from our freshman year so i, I have to cite my sources so i um 
Bree Scarpacey, I believe, made that warm-up um, in the beginning. So I was able to take the shipping up to Boston part and put it in from her warm-up. So, yeah, and all well, it sounds good. Yeah, that's an, I, I like I said, I love the warm-up mix. I think it hypes me up. What's the best warm-up mix besides the BU one that you've listened to so far this year? I thought I went to the Holy Cross BU game. I thought they had a good warm-up mix, so I'll give them a shout-out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, honestly, um, the one we heard, I don't know whose it was, but the one we had from the first game of Pittsburgh was very good. A lot of throwbacks and, like, into deep remix which was insane mm -hmm. but for in terms of like hockey east i liked um unh's um a lot there's some good good songs in there that um actually put in some of mine which is which is funny but uh yeah unh do you edit the mix like in the middle of the year like do you change it up or do you kind of keep it the same throughout the rest of the season uh i kind of keep it the same if it if there was like some complaints or something like that like of course i'd maybe this would be the time um, now that there's no school and I can, I, yeah. I can do something for fun. But um, usually it's a lot of people are satisfied with it. Um, and yeah, I don't, I think, especially not this year, I think we're going to keep it the way it is. Now I kind of want to ask you about some of your teammates. The first question is who is the funniest on the team? Every BU women's player asks, they always say you. So um, I don't know who else <laughs> would um, be funnier than you. That is hilarious. Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I, I think of myself as a goofy kid, but um, uh, I think Haley's pretty funny. She's my roommate. She, mm -hmm. she tends to make me laugh. Um, there's a bunch of them. Nadia Mativi, like she, um, she's the, the Italian one on our team and she's, she kills me a lot. Um, a bunch of them. Emma Withrich is really funny. Um, yeah, no, there's like a number of people, but I think, I mean, I'd like to think of myself as pretty funny too. So that's yeah. nice of them to, to mention that I, that I was the one that they thought of. I totally can see Haley Blinkhorn being very funny. She, yet she doesn't want to admit it. Oh yeah. She's pretty sarcastic, that one. Like yeah. she, she, for example, like we'll, um, usually we're not on the same colors in practice. So usually it's like, it's just red and white and, um one thing i think everybody knows this but like one thing i hate most um is losing a mini game and i tend to express my anger sometimes and you know i think and Haley knows it too but she's up in my face if i lose and and she wins so she's she's a little smart like that but um always always funny when when it's um when we're all joking around now, who is the quietest on the team? Oh, ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'd say, even though she's been a bit more vocal this year, McKenna Parker, senior, she's, um, I, I've always had a great relationship with her. Um, I like to, because she's a bit quiet, I like to joke around with her, but she's definitely um, become a lot more vocal this year, despite, you know, um, whatever but um she she i would think is to be in the most quiet now if you had to pick any teammate to cook a meal for you which teammate would you pick like who's the best cook on the team that's a great question um grace parker mm -hmm. because she actually has this instagram account 
I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this, but um, she has this Instagram account um, where she cooks foods and she posts them and they all look pretty good. And um, her and Nadia, they're roommates. So they like, they definitely cook together and stuff like that. And so I, when I see what they come up with on um, when they post on Instagram, it looks pretty good. So uh, now that we got time off, hopefully I can ask them to whip me up some, some good, some good food. Awesome. And then last question about some of your teammates. You obviously have the best style on the team, um, but besides yourself, who has the best style on the team? I feel like with, for BU, there's a lot of candidates. Wow, you're nice to say that. I would not consider myself to be in that category, but um, it's actually her birthday today. Um, and Lacey Martin, she uh, she's definitely got some good style. Uh, so does, um, I'd say, Claire Haley. Um, yeah, no, but I'd say Lacey wins in that category. She's she always has like really cool sneakers. Drop my hat, sorry. Um, and you know, oh, she has really cool sweatshirts. She has like a talentless sweatshirt that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I can steal one day. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say I'd say Lacey. Now, what is your biggest pet peeve? For me, it's traffic, and you can attest to this because. I don't know why in Massachusetts the past few months the traffic has been awful and no one knows how to drive anymore, especially on Com Ave. I just want to put that out there as well. So that's my biggest pet peeve, but what's yours? I could I could agree with you big time. I'm, <laughs> I, get, I get some kind of road rage sometimes. I get, probably get it from my dad, but that's definitely big. Um, honestly, I a lot of my teammates know this, but I, I, I've kind of grown out of it, but I, it's still kind of – ticks me off a little bit when somebody like burps in my like vicinity I I don't like hearing like I don't know what it is it's some I know it's a natural bodily function but I can't stand when somebody's just like there and just like doesn't even try to hold it in a little bit or like hold you know I just yeah because they know I yell at them oh I I'm yeah no I don't I don't know how to add to that to be honest with you I've never seen someone like burp like in front of my face so or like do you mean like in the same like kind of room not so much in the same like I understand like yeah it happens but if somebody's like right next to me oh yeah like it does not in my face but it's still at least right next to me like and I yeah so not my your teammates probably do that on purpose just to get yeah. No, last non-hockey question. If there was a movie made about your life, who would you want to play yourself? Yeah, I thought about this one. Um, I'd say, I think Jennifer Lawrence, um, even though she's in some pretty serious roles um, in her in the movies she plays, off screen, she's actually hilarious. And I think we have the same kind of like sar- sarcastic humor, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um and she, she's just, like, silly and real. Like, I, I like her a lot. I, I find her uh, very fun to watch. I think your sister said the same answer, if I'm not mistaken. Are you kidding me? I feel like that's she did. She was either, weird. It was either Jennifer Aniston or Lawrence, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So I have to look, look, watch that and see if I'm correct on that. But who would play your sister then? Because I feel like you would know her better than anyone else. Um, my sister, let's see. Oh, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Um, 
she's very she, we're just too different like she's very put together i feel like honestly now that you just said it jennifer aniston would be a good like she's she's uh i feel like jen's like really real like um nice sweet and that's like kind of the same stuff with abby and um yeah maybe janet anson yeah yeah i no. can't even think about like I, I don't know why i'm blanking so much there's like a ton of people i feel because abby can be like a funny but also serious and like mm-hmm. you know. well at least for me like i'll pick someone that doesn't i like i don't really care if they look like me it's like if they're just a good actor or if it would be cool like if that person played me and like i would be cool if leonardo dicaprio played me in a movie just so i can say that he played me in a movie even though he looked nothing alike right. but i would probably choose like andrew garfield i think he's a great actor and I feel like, I don't know, he could somewhat look like me and dress like me. So that's why that he would be a cool person to play me in a movie. We actually, that's funny you say that. We just actually, um, something to do in Pittsburgh. We went to go see the new Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah. So, and that was, that was pretty cool. I liked that a lot. And I'm not that, I don't really watch Marvel movies that much. Mm-hmm. So I was um, kind of lost sometimes, but it was still like really really cool to watch and have like i don't know if you've seen it i don't want to oh, i've seen it before okay good but i just don't want people the... listening to this feel upset if they if it gets spoiled so i know well sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's fine it's fine so but uh no no that he was a great he was great in that movie so and i feel like he would play me well because he would know like how to i don't know play me because i'm not like a emotional person i guess is the right word like i don't have like a moment where i like freak out on anyone but I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he would play me well enough to kind of get my mannerisms down. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Now, back to some hockey questions. Now, first one is, what should be done to help grow women's hockey, in your opinion? Yeah, honestly, I think the more male advocates we have, um, and definitely, like, it'd be awesome for the NHL, NHL players or something like that, but I think what's definitely, like, something we can um, definitely have happen soon at least is, you know, um, male uh, college athletes. Um, that would help a lot. And obviously, unfortunately, sometimes they're they're um, able to give off more, like, exposure. So um, when their words would help a lot in creating more exposure for us girls. So hopefully yeah, that, that, that can be changed soon. But, you know, it's obviously been a process and it's going to continue to be a process. But... I think I think that's definitely a place to start. Uh, to start. Yeah, one thing I'm surprised most colleges don't do is have their men's and women's teams scrimmage before the season. I think that'd be a cool way to kind of get people to like from both fan bases to kind of get exposed to you, and then for your fans to be exposed to the men's team. I think that'd be cool. I don't know if BU does it, but I wish more schools did. I think yeah. that'd be cool. I mean, we uh, we uh, we don't do we. I don't. I haven't been. We do scrimmage sometimes the club men's team. Yeah. Uh, and that's always like a pretty fun game. Um, we actually do pretty well in it, but I think you know if we played our men's team, ju- just boys versus girls, I think um, unfortunately I don't think we'd win. But um, it'd still be really fun, and um, obviously you know they they would be smart; they wouldn't hit us. But like they, it would still be really fun to just play at such a high level. And um, you know we're we're friends with some of the guys, and so it's it'll be I think it'd be pretty cool. I, maybe we'll. Maybe we can do like a uh, mix. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, split the teams, like, have half the. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 
Yeah. yeah sorry about I thought that. you meant like boys versus girls. And I was like, well, we would kind of get our ass handed. No, like, it. I think that would, <laughs> it would, it would still be a competitive game. If the, but I just think it would be kind of cool to have like split the teams up. I don't know. That's just, I, I know that UConn basketball does that before their season starts. So I kind of thought it would be cool if hockey did that. That is cool. I didn't know that. So, no, that, that, I think that would be awesome. And I think that would be a very competitive game, too, which would be fun to watch as a fan as well. So, yeah, now, I, I would watch that. Now, speaking of, I guess, checking, should body checking be allowed in women's hockey? And if you do, what I guess, like, why do you think it should be if you do think it should be allowed? I think it should be, yes. Um, I think uh, there's a time and place where you need to check in order to – remove somebody from the puck or whatever um obviously like with the girls game there there is hitting um but you know it's it's physical but you know at the end of the day you can't do an open ice hit but like obviously as a bigger girl and somebody like who likes to play rough and stuff like that and um, I think it'd be beneficial um but obviously like we're I don't see that changing anytime soon so um, you know, like I said, like the girls game can be physical. So I definitely like to try and, and, you know, keep it that way rather than honestly, if they, I, if we could have checking, um, then teach the girls how to check, you know, it's simple. I, in my opinion, simple as that, just teach us and, yeah. um, then people won't get hurt. What's the biggest check you've ever thrown in a college hockey game? I feel like you've played college hockey for three years now. There's got to be a time where you might have accidentally just, like, bodied someone. Um, I think it was against Northeastern this year. I kind of clipped a girl. I can't – I'm not – yeah, I'm not going to say her name. But, um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, I, I don't – I was a bit unfair on my part just because I don't think she saw it coming that um, – she kind of had her eyes on the puck and I just kind of went shoulder to shoulder with her and I don't know, it just kind of happened, but yeah. I, I didn't get called, which was nice, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, it was fine. Um, I, I don't really look to do the big hits, but I do I'll always just try and like knock people off the puck. Oh yeah. Just, just basically I'll muscle people. That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Now, that last question is, um, what advice would you give a younger player who's trying to pursue a D1 college hockey career? Like, any advice for anyone who's listening, I guess? Yeah, no, it's definitely, like, never obviously lose your love for the game. Um, You always, you know, you're going to be faced with adversity a lot, whether you don't get to pick where you want to go to college. Um, Sometimes life uh, throws a lot of challenges in the way, but um definitely you got to definitely make a uh, pros and cons list of you know the schools and that's what I did um and you know you just kind of narrow it down from there and um for me what uh when I was looking around schools you know I just it just fell right when I right when I walked out into Wally B it just felt you, you I don't know what it is I some it's just a feeling so hopefully you know um keep her keep your options open, but, um, definitely, you know, like keep making, um, connections with the coaches and stuff like that. Um, it's quite, it's kind of be, it's a stressful process, but at the end of the day, it's a lot, it's worth it when, when you definitely find your home. Well, I think that's a good way to end things off, but, uh, do you have any shout outs you'd like to give to your family members, teammates, friends, anyone who might be listening? I know we've mentioned some people throughout this interview, but 
if you want to shout them out again or mention some other people you might have messed out on, feel free to do that. Yeah, no, I'll shout some people out. Definitely my family, mom, dad, uh, Will, Abby, and Preston. Um, yeah, my, my roommate Haley, she'd kill me if I didn't. <laughs> uh, Jesse DeVito, she's in the other room right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd love to shout out all my team members back at forever. Um, and this uh, girl shouted me out, so I feel like I should shout her back, Lindsay Featherstone mm-hmm. of Bemidji. Um, saw her this summer and yeah no I think um, I think that's it yeah well that's a well shout out to you Julia for coming on I really appreciate it but thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for your time it means a lot to myself I wish you nothing but the best uh, for the rest of the season I know you're gonna do great but take care and stay safe and yeah um, good luck for the rest of the season thanks Matt I really appreciate the time Thank you so much for listening to today's interview of College Hockey Talk. If you want to check out our older interviews, make sure to do that. You can do that on the Apple Podcast page, Spotify account, or our YouTube channel where you can watch many different interviews from this podcast. Uh, Make sure you follow our social media accounts at College Hockey Talk, and I'll see you guys next time with another great interview. But until then, take care and have a great day. Bye. smile that makes the sun rise you make it shine